شهر رمضان الذي أنزل فيه القرآن الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته and welcome back to the Beyond the Member podcast and today alhamdulillah we have a Ramadan revolution special inshallah now as before we know that the Beyond the Member is a podcast where we take imams and people of knowledge and we have a discussion informative but informal discussion about topics based on you the viewer inshallah and today i'm blessed to have alhamdulillah a guest with us sheikh wasim kibson assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi sheikh how are you alhamdulillah wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh um, welcome back to green lane mashallah yeah always a pleasure to be here barakallahu fikum how have you been i've been very good alhamdulillah um Looking forward to uh, Ramadan soon, inshallah ta'ala. Yeah, mashallah. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Uh, so, Sheikh, um, today I wanted to speak about um, Ramadan in two angles. Tamam. So, what I want to talk about is bef- incorporating your life, inshallah, Ramadan before you were seeking knowledge, and then how Ramadan was after you had sought knowledge and you had, uh, you know, you went to Medina and even like the journey along the way, inshallah. So um, I understand in 1994, correct me if I'm wrong, in 1994, Regent Park, Regent's Park Mosque, you took your shahada, sir? That's right, yeah. MashaAllah. Uh, tell me just briefly, inshallah, the events that led to you going to Regent's Park, Mo- Regent's Park Mosque to take the shahada. Okay, bismillah. So um, in October 1994, MashaAllah. that's when I accepted Islam, alhamdulillah. What led up to that? Well, it's a story that kind of goes uh, for about a year mm. and during that year um, I met I met a Muslim I was at college with mm-hmm. um, I was inclined to religion somewhat you know being brought up as a Catholic mm-hmm. and then um, I found that he prayed every day I couldn't you know imagine that somebody would pray five times a day so mm-hmm. I went to the prayer room saw them praying Mashallah. saw them making wudu praying together and I was like this is something I like Mashallah. Um, so we just got talking And then uh, the journey started from there really mm-hmm. I went to speak to priests Done a bit of reading mm-hmm. uh, It wasn't something like I just put you know, my whole life on hold mm-hmm. And I'm just going to study religion And find out what's the truth and what not yeah, yeah. It was kind of an on and off thing mm-hmm. Over a period of a year mm-hmm. And then um, Yeah just Because I'm the you know, kind of person that I like order I like order like things done in a routine way uh, and I found that Islam is very much like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the concept of, of worshipping one God mm-hmm. uh, Tawheed no. is something which really uh, you know looking back on it you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserved my fitrah to some extent for me to recognize and realize that Mashallah. so the uh, you know the sequence of events was something very easy for me very natural for me to go and, mm-hmm. and make those steps and accept them in that way so, yeah, the brother I was with, his name was uh, Ridwan. Ridwan. I still have some contact with him now, alhamdulillah. Mashallah. He said, I'll, I'll take you to Regent's Park Masjid. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just to make it official. And it's almost like I can see myself. <laughs> Strange. It's, it's sitting in the office and then, uh, you know, taking the shahada. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience. Alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah yeah. And you said this was in October, sir? October 1994 yeah, yeah, yeah. So my next question is See from that time When mm. you took your shahada mm. Right mm. How far was Ramadan From the moment That you had taken your shahada So In Ramadan in 1994 Was in February time mm. 
Okay. February time. So the days were quite short. Alhamdulillah. So, yeah. <laughs> so we were breaking fast around, around what, half past four, maybe five o'clock in the evening, maybe after, just after five. Mm-hmm. So while at college, I used to stay behind because they had a, you know, an Islamic society. We'd okay. break, break fast in, in the college. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a good experience for me. I didn't find it difficult, to be honest. MashaAllah. Yeah, I didn't find it difficult. Yeah. Um, because I mean, it wasn't overwhelming in this, you know, eighteen hours a day. I didn't, I wasn't put into that straight away. So yeah, yeah. yeah. The fact it was, you know, you're breaking your fast around five o'clock. I mean, maybe sometimes you don't eat until late afternoon anyway. So that's very true, especially during the winter time. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. You're, at, you're at studies and things like that. So um, yeah, I, the fasting was easy. Mm-hmm. The going to the masjid in the evening was and praying for like an hour and a half. <laughs> because yeah, Aisha could be quite you know be offered quite early. Not like you know maybe when it's in the summer you're praying Aisha at ten o'clock. Yes, they yes. start praying Tarawih around seven thirty. Yeah, so then you can elongate the Tarawih. Yeah, yeah. So um, I remember I wasn't told that we're going to pray so many rakat. Uh, subhanallah. Just, they, I was just told we're going to for Tarawih. Yeah, yeah. So I went to the masjid and uh, we started salah mm-hmm. and I we're praying Aisha, which is four rak- four units. I remember that. Yeah. And then everyone gets up and they're praying again. I was like, wow, this is a really long prayer. You know? <laughs> and then we prayed another two. And I thought, subhanAllah, that was, I've never prayed a long prayer like that. And then up again. Yeah, subhanAllah, never and ending. I thought, what's happening here? And I was there, you know, for an hour and a half. Wow. It was, for me, that was like, I'd never prayed so long. Yeah. And then uh, after, yeah. I met the brother, I said, what's that about? Yeah. Why we prayed so long? Yeah. He said, oh, this is what we do in, in, in Ramadan. We pray Taraweeh. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the Isha prayer, we pray, you know, uh, they prayed th- eight rakat. Mm-hmm. So the, the rakat are quite long when they're standing in yeah. salah. So I was like, okay, do you have to do this every day? They was like, no, no, you don't have to do it. Yeah. I was like, okay, um, that's all I needed to do. I didn't have to do it every day. Yeah, yeah. So it, I guess I didn't go every night. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it was a process. No, and, and for any new Muslim, it is a process, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's not to overburden yourself to remain in the situations that's sustainable for you not 100%. to feel over, not to feel overburdened yeah 100% mm-hmm. that's Sheikh uh, Mashallah is really really important yeah. you know especially with uh, new Muslims and even people who have started practicing the religion mm. and you overwhelm them uh, it can be um, it can scare uh, you, can, you can imagine it being quite daunting and right. really heavy you know mm. it's not what I signed yeah. up for this exactly is, this is a lot Exactly. You know, and um, just going back to uh, Mashallah, to mm. we're talking about Taraweeh. So the aspect of Ramadan, you know, mm. Ramadan, Mashallah, it it brings a really, really different kind of atmosphere. Yeah. You know, so um, I want to know, like, for yourself, yeah. that first Ramadan, if you could say one thing that you really, really enjoyed mm. about the Ramadan, what would it have been at that time? I guess it was the breaking fast together. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, because the fasting, alhamdulillah, was was easy. Really, there was it wasn't very difficult for me to do that. Not yeah. difficulty at all. So, yeah. So the fa- breaking the fast was was really nice. Everyone coming together, the different foods that people would bring in. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was really nice. And then there'd be you know invites to people's houses. Yeah. As well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess it w- I'd only been a Muslim what four or five months, not even that. Mm-hmm. So everything was still really, really very new for me. Of course. And the importance of of breaking fast and fasting. This was still, you know, a learning process for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. You know, if, if, I guess if I think back in 1994, access to knowledge is, is not what it is now. Yes. You know, you right. can just go onto you know a social media platform mm-hmm. and just do a, a search on a talk. Yep. And then you know if you you know how to fast, how long is fasting, the yeah. importance of fasting, virtues of fasting. You've got a list of about fifty different lectures. Yeah, yeah. You know, nineteen ninety four. If you wanted to listen to a lecture, you'd buy a cassette. Mm-hmm. 
you know, <laughs> and you listen to a, a cassette on your whatever device you have to listen to the virtues of, of Ramadan and, and things Walkmans. like that. <laughs> Walkmans, yeah, yeah, things like that. <laughs> so um, it took a bit of time mm-hmm. to, you know, bring things uh, into line with the new lifestyle I had. Of course. Um, there are times when maybe you think, should I be feeling a certain way? Mm. Should I be fitting in quicker? Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's doing, you know, the prayers and fasting and feeling on a high. Yeah. And I think for new Muslims, it's very important for you to realize that, you know, your, your, uh, that your faith is like a small seed at the moment and it takes time to grow. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and don't jump ahead of yourself thinking that I should be like this and I should be like that. And I guess many, many years later, mm. you know, you have Muslims who've been Muslims their whole life. Mm-hmm. They will ask you, you know, talk about things that when I'm praying, I'm not feeling how I should. Yeah. I find other people praying that really have tranquility and khushu in their prayer. Why am I not feeling like that? Mm-hmm. So this can happen to anyone. Yeah. But it takes time. Of course. And of course. Uh, Mashallah. sometimes we're overly harsh on ourselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We're like our worst criti- uh, critics. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You're, you're, you're the best critic. Is, is, of course, it's important to critique yourself about yeah. what you should and shouldn't be doing and, and accepting advice from others. But... Uh, not to the extent where it brings too much negativity mm-hmm. and especially in those early days where you know shaitan will come to you and bring so many questions to you that you don't know this you don't know that you don't know this mm-hmm. why are they doing this you're not like them and whatnot it's very important to have good companions yeah and i thank allah at the very very beginning i had wise wise brothers with me and they would give me the correct advice at the correct time yep. if i would ask about certain things they would say, yeah, there's an answer for that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, we'll ask somebody about it. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they didn't see it maybe necessarily important for me to discuss that at that particular time. Of course. What's important is to uh, to focus on and strengthen the reason, if you like, why you became Muslim. is mm. to, to recognize Allah as your Lord yep. and to strengthen that. Mashallah. And then in everything else will kind of fall into place. place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Matter of, you know, prioritizing. Absolutely. You yeah. know, mashallah. Yeah, yeah. So... In in that Ramadan, mashallah, the experience sounds like it was uh, there was a lot happening. Yeah, you know, um, could you maybe tell us a few lessons that you took away, mm. and also if um, looking back now from us talking about it, mm. is there anything you think I could have done that differently, or I think I wanted this to happen that time, anything like that, or that you want to touch upon, inshallah? Yeah, I mean, always when we look back on our own personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Every single person could always do something better. Yes. You know, whoever you are, whatever you've done, you could always improve and done something better. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Well, it's quite a long time ago now, but <laughs> do I have any regrets? No, I can't look back and say that I have any regrets. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with good brothers who went to different masajid. We didn't always go to the same masjid, for example, to pray tarawih. Oh, subhanallah! And uh, I think some of them recognised. That it was it was long for me, <laughs> and they would choose a masjid that would pray quicker, not such a long time. Mashallah. And some of them would say, right, we've after we prayed the Isha, and mm. then we prayed, you know, because it's all new for me. They would say, oh, we'll just meet after six rakat. They say after six units, stand up. We meet outside, okay? <laughs> so I'm counting the units of prayer. Right, we've done six now. We'll meet outside. <laughs> so we're not standing there for you know praying in for such a long time. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, if you know. That you're you're doing things wrong at that time, and you can look back on it. Then yeah, of course you can say that these are the lessons I learned. Yeah. But at the time, I don't think I can look back at any time and, th- and say that you know I have have any regrets. Marshall. Or not that I didn't do anything wrong because probably did, but 
um, you know, a new Muslim, you're gonna you're gonna make mistakes. Yeah, yeah of course. And, you know, shouldn't be too harsh on yourself. And, um, whatever mistakes that you make, um, as long as you learn from those, that's that's the most important thing. One hundred percent. You know, so and yeah. Alhamdulillah, mashallah, may Allah reward the brothers that are with you. Mm, you know, absolutely, it's yeah. uh, really really important to have absolutely the right people around you, yeah. especially at um, certain times in your life. Yeah. You know, mashallah. Yeah. You know, so would you say you looked at you looked forward to other Ramadans after that one? Um, yeah, Ramadan was always a really nice time. Yeah, um, you know, going to brothers' houses to break fast. Yeah, yeah. The, I could see from the Muslims themselves. I mean, of course, I'm a Muslim as well at the time, but you could see from the other brothers. Yeah, that yeah. they really treated this as a special time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they had definitely, or were definitely maximizing, you the know, opportunity. the opportunity at yeah. this particular time, like no other time I'd seen. Yeah, yeah. So there was nothing, you know, something I knew that I had to focus on. Yeah, and find out what is it. That makes them so uh, happy and excited and wanting to do much more in this month. Yeah. So being with good people, good brothers, and for the sisters as well to have good company. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, the Prophet told us that you are upon the way of your of your friends, your close friends. No. So be careful, be wise, and mm-hmm. the companions that you choose. Yeah, definitely, no. definitely. Barakallahu mm-hmm. Sheikh. So Sheikh, now, mashallah, alhamdulillah, we've covered that um, that time. You know, everything's really new for yourself. You know, and I know, uh, Allahumma barik, mm. um, you are um, a graduate of Medina University, yeah. and you've told me in 2004, correct? That's when I finished, yeah. That's when you finished, Allahumma barik. Like, mm. um, so, Sheikh, uh, talk me through kind of how did it happen, you know, whether it be the application process or how did you come to apply mm-hmm. uh, for the uh, for the program and mm. what did it feel like when you got accepted? Yeah. So, if I talk about the process, <laughs> this is... Um, there's not something specific to me. This is kind of a, a history lesson, if you like, and <laughs> application processes at the university in the 90s, okay. or even prior to that. So, the same brothers I accepted Islam with, mm-hmm. they used to have a, like a, a lesson every Saturday we used to attend, a local halaqa, and then we used to study Kitab uh, al-Tawheed and Fiqh sunnah for an hour each of those, and then we just have like some tea and kind of chat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We used to have a teacher at the time. It wasn't some kind of like ad hoc, let's who's going to teach Kitab al-Tawheed today. <laughs> it, was, it was organized. It was organized, yeah, by personal knowledge. So um, I attended that for about like, what, I don't know, a year and a half. Mashallah. Anyway, one summer, um, the, the class starts about five o'clock. And then maybe nine or ten o'clock, everybody goes home. Mm-hmm. It's in the brother's house. Mashallah. So then uh, one day, um, somebody comes in like halfway through and everybody stands up. And greets him, hugs him, shakes his hand. I was like, oh, who's this guy? <laughs> who's this? And uh, I was saying it to myself. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he sat in the corner. And then everybody's kind of like talking to each other. Oh, yeah, mashallah. I was like, this what's, happening? what's happening here? <laughs> so at the end, um, the brother I was with, with one, I said, what's the story with uh, the brother who just came in? He said, yeah. oh, that's, uh, that's uh, Abu Talha. I said, Abu Talha? Okay, mashallah. He said he's a student at university, Islamic, Islamic University of Medina. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh wow, there's, an, there's a university you can study Islam? Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, that's all you're going to study is just Islam. I was like, wow, like we come here once a week for a couple of hours. Yeah. Imagine studying Islam like full time. Yeah. So I said, uh, okay, so where's the university? Oh, it's in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, okay. So I didn't think too much about it, but... I, uh, I enjoyed the idea that you could study Islam full time. So after a little while, I started to ask around, how do you apply for this place? Mm-hmm. So I heard that, and at that time, the university used to send over uh, some shiuch mm-hmm. to do interviews. Okay. So I used to come to 
London mm-hmm. and they used to go to another city maybe Birmingham at times mm-hmm. and sometimes Manchester okay so I went to uh, one of the masjids in London mm-hmm. and I said uh, I've heard that this particular party has come here for interviews for the Islamic University mm-hmm. this is in 1996 early 96 mm-hmm. they said oh they were here but they're gone okay. I said where are they now I said oh uh, his name is Sheikh Mohammed Al-Afifi he's gone to Manchester I said okay um, what's where, where where in Manchester and he mentioned a girls' school there or something like that. I said, okay, so I plan to go to Manchester. Oh, anyway, in that masjid in London, the brother said to me, uh, but how old are you? I said, well, I think I was like maybe what, 19. He said, are you too young? You need to finish your degree here and then you can go. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? He said, yeah, yeah, of course, you have to finish your studies here, do a degree, and then you can go to apply in Medina. I was like, oh, I didn't realize that. I thought you could just apply. Mm-hmm. He said, no, 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 you have to finish your studies here. I was like, uh, okay. But something didn't fit right with me about that. Yeah. So I thought, if it's a university, why do I have to finish university here? Why can't I do my university there? Yeah, yeah. So then I asked around, and then uh, they said, no, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. Now, I had um, made Umrah in 1996, Mashallah. 1996, in that summer. Mm-hmm. And it was real hot. And we'd done one quick visit to the university. It was completely empty, though. Mm-hmm. It being the summertime. Yeah. Anyway, we came back and I said, you know what? I want to study here. That was it. I've been seeing it. Yeah. So then I came back and then in December time, I decided with another brother that we're going to make Umrah again and we're going to try and find somebody to make an interview. Mm-hmm. I mean, to cut a long story short, we arrived at the university. It's between two terms, so it's technically closed. Yeah. So we walk into the building. The brother was with me speaks a little, little bit of Arabic. So we're going from one office to the next office saying Inglisi, Inglisi, like English, English. Yeah, yeah. They're like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I don't know what they're saying, but it's like, we understood no. And then when one guy, he spoke English. He goes, yeah, what, who, what do you want? We're looking for. So we're looking for so an interview, you know, interview uh, application. He said, oh, you want to find so-and-so. We're like, okay, this is his name. So where is he? No, 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 no. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Bukra. Okay, famous word for me, for everybody, I guess. Come tomorrow. We come tomorrow, and we meet this particular individual, and he speaks English, mashallah. Mm. So I have an interview with him. He speaks to me, asks me a few questions. At the end of the interview, I said, uh, okay, now what? He said, inshallah, we'll get in contact with you. I said, okay, am I accepted? He said, inshallah. (laughs) Inshallah. Of course, the understanding of inshallah has yet reached to me. The mm. true understanding of inshallah, I've not quite, I've not got it. So uh, that for me, that's yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. God willing, you're in. I'm like, okay, excellent. I'm in. Mm. Alhamdulillah. Mashallah. So then uh, we come back and uh, some of the brothers knew mm-hmm. that we were going to the interview, came back. So what happened? I said, yeah, I'm in. Alhamdulillah. What do you mean you're in? <laughs> I said, I asked him a question. He said, uh, yeah, inshallah. They said, no, 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 no. Inshallah is like, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I said, no, but he didn't say it like that. He was like, he should, you know, he nodded his head and he was like, Inshallah. For me, that's a yes. Yeah. So they said, uh, You need to calm down a little bit. And this is not a year. <laughs> this is not that you're in. Because mm. they, you know, I was so really intent and in wanting to go. Of course. Really, really wanted to go. And um, then, yeah, you know, what about eight months later? Because mm-hmm. uh, I went with another brother. We went together, graduated together, actually. MashaAllah. Mm. <laughs> uh, he rang me and we said, I got a letter. I got a letter acceptance. My heart sunk because I thought, oh, you got in and I didn't. Ah. I went to the post box and the letter was there. So I said, congratulations. And he said, your letter will be sent to you yeah. uh, by Green Lane Masjid. Oh, subhanAllah. Yeah, at the time, this was the place where 
uh, was a resource for them where they used to have good contact with the university. Yes. So I said, I'm not waiting. Let's drive now. So we drove to Green Lane that day. MashaAllah. And uh, we met Sheikh Abdul Hadi. Oh, MashaAllah. Yeah, and he's the one who gave us the letter. And there's, after that, it's, um, it's a long story about running about. Yeah. Getting this paper, that paper. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, alhamdulillah, I went to, I went to the university in 1997. MashaAllah. Yeah, so yeah, I spent seven years there, alhamdulillah. Allahumma mm. That's a... Uh, Really brilliant story, mashallah. Oh, this is the short, short version. Yeah, and there's many, uh, <laughs> at least what I see is some comical moments, but <laughs> inshallah, maybe, maybe for a longer podcast. podcast. Definitely, definitely <laughs> we might touch upon that uh, mm. next time you're inshallah. in. Now, Sheikh, you know, mashallah, you know, t- t- from when you're telling me your intention was really, really strong that yeah. you wanted to come here, mm-hmm. you know, and the sincerity was, alhamdulillah, mm. is pure. And, you know, and you really want some, something mm-hmm. really good that's khair for you. You yeah. know, it, it came. It came to you, alhamdulillah. Yeah. yeah. So I honestly believe. I mean, I honestly believe that yeah. if you want something which is is good, f- good for you, yeah, and you seek really uh, Allah's reward and pleasure in that, yeah, He'll give it to you, inshallah. Yeah. You have to have that certainty in that. Definitely. And don't be doubtful. No. Don't think, oh, Allah, maybe give it to me if it's good for me. Mm. If it is good for you, Rabbi, give it to me. No. Be. And later on, when you learn, you know that the Prophet said, if you make dua, you know, do it with azimah, do it with enthusiasm. Mm. That really, Allah, I want this yeah. to be of benefit to me. And don't yeah. be, you know, weak in your dua. Sah. Yeah. MashaAllah. Mm. So you got accepted, MashaAllah, mm. and you're in, uh, you started your, yep. your experience at Medina yeah. University. Yeah. Any difficulties, one? And uh, special memories. I know there's probably a, a lot. Yeah. You know, if if yeah. we can, just a few yeah. within that time. Well, special memories. I mean, there's a few for uh, uh, probably we don't, we're not going to mention on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, going to the restaurant and eating with the cats and whatnot. And yes, it's a new experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, what can I say? I mean, uh, just meeting so many different people. Mm-hmm. Um, living a very, very simple life. Yeah, you know the the accommodation in the mid nineties, late nineties. The buildings were particularly old. Mm-hmm. Now, mashallah, they're they're quite new. No, you have a conditioning. Yeah, to your okay, yeah. to the temp to the temperature <laughs> that you like. Uh, we had the first building we were given, mm-hmm. and we were put in building number three. The, the brother I was with, and um, you go into a room. You know, I don't know, maybe what, four meters by six meters or something like that. It's not very big. It's enough for three beds. No. Uh, no curtains, no partitions, no nothing. So we're in the room and you turn the, you know, the air conditioner on and it sounds like you're starting a tractor. <laughs> and by the morning it's frozen over. Yeah. It's just not working. And I woke up, you know, just drenched. Yeah. And I said to the brother, I said, you know, this is a, I, I, we can't, I can't stay here. Yeah. This is not working. We it, can't stay in this room. <laughs> Because when you arrive, you arrive, you go to the um, student affairs, yeah. they give you a little drink, a little biscuit, a blanket and a pillow, and you, this is the building, you're in the floor and the room. Yeah. And I said, uh, we need to do that again. <laughs> and may Allah forgive us, you know. So we went back to the building, like brand new people. New students. Yeah, new. <laughs> keep the blankets outside, keep the pillows out, don't show them, because they'll know that we've been here before. Yeah, yeah. Only because the room was just, was, we couldn't tolerate it, it was just too much. Yeah. And uh, the brother was in there, Zallah Khair. He was he was able to deal with the heat. He was from a hot country, mm-hmm. but we I, I couldn't deal with it. So we went to the room to the student affairs for a second time. Gave us a brand new, what's well, a brand new a brand new number. The room's not brand new, by the way, mm-hmm. but a brand new <laughs> a brand new building mm-hmm. in the sense that it, uh, it was building for this time. Yeah. 
on the uh, ground floor. I mean, we're there, we're there. There's a brother called Mashhur. He was from the Comoro Islands. I'd never sure. heard of Comoro Islands. Sure. It's a French colony, apparently. Yeah. And he'd been there since he was about 12, fl- oh. fully fluent in Arabic, really good akhlaq, good manners. Yes. And uh, he was, it was a blessing to have him in the room with us, really. Mm-hmm. So that's um, you know, a good memory I have in the first year. What about the language year? The language year, I mean, I went there not knowing, literally, no alif bata, nothing. Yeah. And um, on the first day of studies, you know, you've got a, a card with your name and picture on it, and you're literally going around saying, and they're just pointing to you, go over here. I mean, there's herds of people everywhere, <laughs> all different. It's like a, a train station. Yeah. People just going all over, the, you know, trying to find their room and the class and whatnot, where their names where their names are. Mm-hmm. You go to one room, and one of the, I don't know who they were, but they decided to pray some tricks on people, wasn't it? These t- <laughs> May Allah bless them. Um, and then uh, they go, yeah, yeah, you need, uh, and ask for, I mean, there was, I uh, kind of maybe got the, ask for al-mudakhin. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that meant. Yeah. I go into a room with uh, this, and I said, Al Mudakhin? Al Mudakhin is the smoker. The smoker, yeah. <laughs> it was one of them, unfortunately, smoked. Uh. <laughs> and uh, I guess he had an, you know, not such a good uh, nickname between them. Yeah. And I, and I went to the room with Mudakhin. He's Mudakhin. Mudakhin. I was like, out of barra. Get out. I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> so eventually found the class. Sat in the class, very frustrating time to be honest. Yeah, uh, especially with uh, with Quran. I couldn't read the Quran, mm-hmm. and um, I remember we had a really really patient teacher. Mashallah. His name was Sheikh Suleiman. Uh, do you know the the translator of the Noble Quran, Muhsin Khan? Yeah, it was his son. Oh my. Yeah, yeah, Suleiman ibn Muhsin Abdul Muhsin, I assume uh, Khan. And we'd go around the class, and we had te- you know students from maybe South Africa mm-hmm. or maybe Pakistan. They had some background in reading, uh, but I had I had nothing. Mm-hmm. So he's you know iqra, iqra, read. I'm like, what do you want me to read? You might as well just put Chinese in front of me. I mean, it's, it's yeah. I don't have anything to play with. Yeah, yeah. So you know he'd do this, and he'd, he'd skip me. And uh, eventually, I had to walk out of the class. Maybe you know a week later, I just said I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So. Abu Talha, remember Abu Talha, who yes. came into the, uh, the halaqa we had. Yeah, he was in his last year. Oh my! Yeah, Allah. yeah. So I told him about what's going. On. I said, "It's not happening. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way I'm going to pass. It's too much for me." Yeah. He said, "I tell you what, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, four days a week after Asad, meet me in the masjid of the jamia of the university. Mm-hmm. I'll teach you to read." So um, yeah, he was the one who taught me to read the Quran. He said, uh, "Please, don't ask me on Wednesday." Because there's a lesson inside the jami, I don't want to listen to after Asr. Mm. I said, no, Jazakallah khair. So, yeah, four days a week I learned to, to read the Quran. And uh, especially with new Muslims, it's completely different language, completely different sounds. Yeah. It may feel a million miles away. Mm-hmm. But whatever effort you put in, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll get back from it. Yeah. And you'll realize that it's not as difficult as you think. Yeah. It's not as difficult as you think. Yeah. And... It may go back to the personality of the person as well, how, you know, how um, how much they push themselves. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm in, I'm in, uh, in an environment mm-hmm. where, you know, if you don't push yourself, you don't adapt, yeah. then you'd end up, you know, you go home and don't come back. If you really want to study here, yeah. uh, you have to push yourself, you yeah, have to yeah. adapt. 
Definitely. So I had it in my mind when I go there, I'm staying for six years. Mashallah. You know, you do two Arabic years, two years in Arabic, and then four years in the faculty. Mm-hmm. I have no clue what's in front of me. I don't know what challenges there are, but I have in my mind, I'm going for the whole duration, not taking it year by year, see how it goes. Mm-hmm. I'm no. doing it absolutely, inshallah, I'm doing it. Mashallah. So, you know, the challenges that I had were difficult, yeah. yeah. And at times, very, very, very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, things become easy, alhamdulillah, if, yeah. as long as you try and strive. And, you know, subhanAllah, I find that um, when, you, when you're dealing with uh, something that's in front of you at the time, mm. and that is a struggle, and uh, it's a bit of hardship, yeah. you, once it's over, you know, it's almost like that feeling was, yeah. the struggle was never there. Absolutely. And the hardship was never there yeah, because yeah. you're on the other side yeah. and you've actually That's managed right. to, you know, get over those hurdles yeah, and yeah. get over the, the struggle that you had to That's go right. through, you know, subhanAllah. And this yeah, yeah. Is, a, yeah, yeah. is a blessing, mashallah. So when you have these challenges, uh, like fasting, for example, you're mm. fasting the whole day yeah, and you're extremely thirsty. Yeah, You take one sip of water, it's gone. Yeah, subhanAllah. You forget that difficulty that you had. Sah, sah. And uh, in the hereafter, as you know, the well-known hadith that the Prophet, the person who had all the ni'm and blessings in this dunya, mm. and they have a taste of punishment in the hereafter, they forget any good. They said, I never had anything in this dunya. All they can remember is that what they had there. Mm-hmm. And a person who went through great trials in this life, calamities and whatnot, they have a taste of blessings in the hereafter. And they say, I never tasted a difficulty in my life. So... Uh, yeah, you know, there are times when you have to go through a struggle, but there's this is how it's supposed to be in this dunya. You always have to strive, you know, to yeah. to differentiate between those who have a great reward mm. uh, for those who, who don't. Yeah, mashallah. No, no Sheikh, mashallah. And so you were going through um, the Medina University and you completed it, alhamdulillah. Now, what would you, for anyone um, like normal Muslims, mm. right? You're just how important yeah is seeking knowledge mm. for the average muslim yeah so you know i guess you know obviously because we have our obligations yeah you know and and fasting being one of them yeah you know mm. the importance of beh- behind this seeking of knowledge yeah you know yeah uh, yeah right you know seeking knowledge is extremely important in islam mm. i'm the type of person in myself that i like to do things myself as much as I can no. And because Islam was uh, Such an important change in my life mm. That I didn't want to and Of course there are times when you have to rely on others Because if you don't know Ask the people of knowledge if you don't know yeah. But if I can do something myself I'd like to do that <laughs> So when I'm learning Islam If I can get to a level where I can do things myself Not become independent Never because the more you learn, the more you like, more you realize that you have to refer to the people of knowledge. Yeah. But I want to be able to understand the sources. Mm. I want to be under, to understand the Quran as much as I can in the language it was revealed. Yeah. Similarly, the Sunnah. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, it goes back to the personality of that person. There are those who are willing to just, you know, rely on asking questions all the time. But I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I wanted to be able to do things myself. Yes. Not everybody has that, I guess, same approach. Yeah, of um, So, it's very important at the early stages, as a new Muslim, mm-hmm. that whatever question you have, yeah. you should ask. And yeah. don't keep it in. Mm-hmm. And don't feel embarrassed or feel as though that a person may then question your faith, mm-hmm. i.e. that 
there's a certain aspect of Islam or belief in Allah mm. or Qadr or divine decree, for example, that I don't understand. Yeah. That the person feels, if I ask that question, maybe that person will doubt. Wait a minute. Are you, are you firm upon Islam or not? <laughs> you shouldn't feel like that. Okay? No. Especially as a new Muslim. Mm. You, you, you have a, the building stage of your learning and we're always learning. We're always seeking knowledge. It never ends. Yeah. From you know the moment you can start reading until the very last breath you have, you should always try to seek knowledge. One hundred percent. It's not you know a level of education where you've reached that and then you think yourself independent of all others. Yeah. And I don't need to refer to anybody. Yeah. No. And it's in fact it's a great danger. Yes. Yeah, it's a great danger that a person who believes that they've reached a level of knowledge that they don't have to refer to anybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is. At times, if you like, in in Western academia, that they can reach that level of uh, level of knowledge where I'm an independent source. Yeah, yeah. And I have the right to critique, and I have the right to have my opinion on that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, from an Islamic point of view, I don't want to say Western, Eastern, but from an Islamic point, of view, we don't necessarily have that. Yeah. That you reach a certain level. Yeah. And uh, you don't need to refer to anyone. No. Yeah, we have. Generations who came before us that we are indebted to 100%. to refer to, and um, you know Imam Malik, a very famous scholar of the past, um, and he talking about what you know maybe just a hundred years or so after the Prophet said that you know the affairs of this Ummah will not be corrected unless we go back to that what corrected at the very beginning, and this is something we always hold on to. Yeah. Um, so seeking knowledge is extremely important with the fasting, the secrets that are involved in fasting, especially for a new Muslim. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to become routine. Yeah, yeah. Even though it can be because your iman is very at a beginning stage. Yeah. You may not be feeling what you should, what you think you should be feeling. No. But it, it can take time. Mm-hmm. So uh, try to, you know, listen and, you know, mashallah, you have a plethora of, uh, of lessons and things you can read yeah. and listen to. Uh, of course, it should be, it must be authentic. Yeah. 100%. And the the companions in an environment that you're in yeah. will help you, indeed, uh, give you that direction as to how to learn, mm-hmm. because you know learning has a process, learning has a journey. Yeah. It's not about you know just reading the last chapter of the book and, and I know it. Yeah. it doesn't work like this. Sah. You know, Sah. so yeah, these are important points. I think I've I've taken. Barakallah. Yeah. Now you know, Alhamdulillah, Jazakallah Khair, mm. sharing sharing this you know your paths mm. of knowledge and um, coming back to um, Ramadan. Uh, so we talked about you being in Medina. Did you spend uh, any months of Ramadan in uh, in Medina, and mm. how was it there mm. compared to when you first mm-hmm. had your Ramadan experience yeah. in uh, in London? UK, yeah, yeah, that's right, London. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the seven years I was there, every Ramadan would be in Medina. Yeah. Every year, as um, it wasn't uh, because I think, yeah, I mean, even though we had Ramadan off mm-hmm. for for studies, yeah. Or at times you might have studies into the first 10 days of Ramadan because, of course, as you know, Ramadan changes throughout yep. uh, through the seasons. And at the time we were studying there, um, it's, it's in school, you know, uni time. Mm-hmm. So you would be studying during that time. Um, there's no way you're going to travel at that time. Yeah. I mean, uh, from the, the moment you're walking towards the masjid, you know, after Asr, the buses, they take you to the masjid. No. Before you enter the masjid, you can smell bread, <laughs> coffee, <laughs> and a particular spice that they put into the yogurt. They call it dukkha, uh-huh. dukkha madaniya. Yeah, right. um, before you enter the masjid, there's that. And then there's young children, mm-hmm. youth, mm-hmm. taking you by your hand on your arm. Come break fast with us. Come break fast with us. <laughs> no exaggeration. Yeah, if, yeah. You, if you 
uh, you get past one, there's going to be another. So <laughs> come break fast with us, come break fast. And you say to them, not today, not today, okay, tomorrow. You break fast with us tomorrow. Mm. So the atmosphere that I had experienced in terms of brotherhood in London mm-hmm. was multiplied by a million in Medina, <laughs> for, at least personally for me. Yeah. Um, each person has their own experience and how they feel. Mm-hmm. But in Medina, and in, in spending Ramadan there, Taraweeh there, uh, it was, you know, the, you know, the greatest days of my life, spending in Medina. Yeah. And, you know, and, yeah, it's just, you know, there are certain things you can't describe. Yeah, it's true. You know, you know, you can go to Qanata Sunnah Tanabawiyah, you can go to the Sunnah yeah. uh, channel, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a camera, you know, spanning over Medina from different directions at night time and things like that. Yeah. You know, I can watch that. And I can, you know, talk about, oh, I used to live, go down that street in that yeah. direction. Of course, you can't see where I used to live. I used to live about 15 minutes from, from the, the Haram. Yeah. I have memories around every part of, of the masjid. No. Not memories of, of, a, of a person who makes Umrah or Hajj. Mm-hmm. But I've got memories of a person who used to live there. Yeah. So they're very, very, <clears throat> very deep memories engraved in me in, uh, in the place. So, yeah, spending Ramadan there was just, I mean, I'll mention a few things as I just have, but it's indescribable with the feelings. Of course. It's just an amazing place and an amazing experience. Spending Ramadan there, making itikaf in the masjid as well, if you get the opportunity to do so. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, if any Muslim hasn't um, been able to to go there in Ramadan, then really, you know, if you can save up or you can cut out some time in your work or whatever schedule you have yeah. just to spend maybe last 10 days there. Yeah. Uh, this is Medina. Mm. And then uh, because I spent majority of the time in Medina, yeah, and you go to perform Umrah in Mecca, yeah. You spend maybe one or two days there, and then you get an urge to go back to Medina, yeah. You know, it's just like this. No, but then over the years, you know, having made uh, Umrah many more times and having to make Hajj a few more times, you Mecca has its own yeah experience and vibe as well, and definitely spending Ramadan in in Mecca as well is is amazing as well. Yeah. yeah. So the, these are the places of uh, where the Wahi was revo- re- you know revealed. Yeah. And and going there is 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 life changing. One hundred percent for for so many people I've had I've met. Yeah, having just made Umrah or Hajj going there, they come back. You know, different people. Subhanallah. And you know, Sheikh, when you talk about it, you know, I can mm. the atmosphere. You're right. You mm. know, it's really really hard to describe. It's something yeah. that you have to go there and feel. Yeah. Yourself. Yeah. You know, and and you know, talking about your first Ramadan, mm. your Ramadan here in the UK, mm. compared to there is. Mm. The magnitude of, of yeah. how much it is it's, Absolutely. It's, it's really really different You know mm. So I was going to ask you You know How, how different it was But yeah. to be honest it's, I think it would be hard to say uh, You really summed it up By saying yeah. it's a million times Yeah I mean for me Like I say it's Each year was better than the last Of course yeah For me you know Being there Each year was better than the last And mm-hmm. there was a particular place I would break fast with With some You know some uh, brothers Who lived in Medina No. Nah. And uh, there was a particular place I would always go there to break my fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were good friends of mine. I still have contact with them now. MashaAllah. So if I uh, happen to visit there and we go out for, you know, outside Medina, maybe they might take you to another city and things like that. Yeah. Um, so breaking your fast with, with those people who are close to you. Yeah. The whole experience is Imani. No. It's a, you know, it's a faith-based relationship. Yeah. And everything is there to... Uh, you know, you're serving and worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. And this is... You know, you, what are you given there? What you're given, like a, a yogurt that costs one riyal, <laughs> some bread that costs one riyal, yeah. and some dates, 
So it's the worth of what you came was it's not expensive. Yeah. And that's not what makes it the experiences al jawal imani is that iman kind of experience that you have coming together breaking the fast together. Yeah. This is something which that you find as muslims worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that there is Allah places happiness in that. Mm-hmm. And the more you do it the more you will kind of appreciate yeah. that the, the blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. No. Yeah, with it. Well, no, mashallah. No. So Sheikh no, um now in Ramadan mm. yeah what do you focus on you know a lot of people they've got different kind of goals mm. when the time of Ramadan comes you know time of rectifying themselves mm. time of I'm going to complete the Quran this many times yeah you know there's quite a few goals that people have yeah. for yourself yeah you know going from experiencing Ramadan in here in the UK and mm. Medina yeah. when Ramadan ap- I- I approaches and you're in Ramadan what do you focus on the most so my goals are probably, uh, and they're not going to be any uh, different from any other Muslim in Ramadan. Mm. You know, uh, because all of us are looking at trying to seek Allah's forgiveness. Uh, this is what the Prophet ﷺ encouraged us to do. No. Uh, the Prophet told us all to, uh, you know, read the Quran. No. The Prophet would read the Quran extensively in, in, in Ramadan. Mm-hmm. So all of us really are, are trying to emulate those, you know. Uh, Golden pieces of devices and try to get the most out of Ramadan. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us want to attend Taraweeh. Mm-hmm. All of us want to, you know, try to wake for suhoor because there's barakah in that. Yeah. And these are the little, I think, the finer details of Ramadan that maybe some of us we may skip over or not pay much attention to. Very true. And that we look at, okay, we're going to be fasting, which everybody's going to do, inshallah ta'ala. But if you as an individual, if you want to stand out amongst all other people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is you're, which we all should be doing really yeah. we're, we're in competition with each other yeah. In trying to gain Allah's pleasure and reward mm-hmm. So little things like you know, Take suhoor as late as you can For inna fis suhoori barakah Because there is in that meal Or whatever you eat or drink before The adhan starts for fajr There's a blessing in that yes. okay? And breaking your fast And not delaying it mm-hmm. um, These are the little things you know, um, Making dhikr throughout the day um, and putting things which are as a sustainable plan for yourself. Yeah. Because you know, on day one or day two, mm-hmm. I'm going to read an entire juzah, or I'm going to read three juzah or five juzah of the Quran, yeah. three, one, three, five parts of the Quran, which is way beyond what you usually do me, for example. No. And then you do it for one or two days, and then you burn out. Yeah. And you think, oh, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, subhanAllah. And then you get that kind of. Buzz at the beginning of Ramadan And then it kind of goes away in the middle And maybe comes back again at the end In the last 10 days so. Try to do something As as sustainable mm-hmm. As as you can And sometimes if you Set your I'm not saying you shouldn't set your goals low Never do that yeah. Always aim high Yeah. But it's aiming, aiming But the thing is We want kind of some results now mm-hmm. And Ramadan is happening now mm-hmm. And I want to see some uh, Some positive results now mm-hmm. Okay so if I say to myself, I'm going to read, I'm going to read a certain amount of pages per day, for example, yeah. and you put it maybe two or three pages a day, okay, you might find yourself I could do more than that. Yeah. So they end up doing five or six, and then you end up stopping. Fair enough. Yeah. And the next day I'll do another two or three pages, and you might find yourself doing maybe five or six again. Yeah. So you end up, as the example given you, maybe just doubling the amount of your, yourself that what you're doing, no. and you do that for thirty days. No. And so in that way, you might end up achieving more as opposed to. I'm going to read 25 or 30 or 50 pages a day. Yeah. You might do it for one day or two days and then after the next... Burn out. Yeah, you burn out. 
Yeah. And what's most beloved to Allah is that you're consistent. Sah. Because being consistent means that you are renewing that relationship mm-hmm. and renewing that remembrance with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala live, loves. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a small a small thing. Mashallah. Putting your shoes on with your right foot, mm-hmm. for example, taking your left foot you know, taking your shoe off with your left foot. These are little things mm-hmm. which Indicate that you are remembering what's beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Yeah, subhanAllah So I would say that my, my goals are no different from anybody else's mm-hmm. And I, you know, the shortcomings that everybody has I have more probably <laughs> And it is not me being over humble and things. Yeah. It's just reality we, we, know, we just have to be, I think, real with ourselves What we think we should, we should achieve Yeah and what we what we can achieve and yeah. try to stick to that ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you you know in the month of Sha'ban for example do some extra fasts yeah. to to prepare yourself for that so that after Ramadan you know you know some things can remain with you yeah yeah so that each Ramadan it, it's a better experience for you definitely and i yeah. think that's kind of like um a, a really good goal to have is that when Ramadan is over whatever person you were whatever you were doing mm. you know like you said Consistency, yeah, and, and and if you do do a lot, you know, and mm. uh, you burn out, yeah. If you couldn't keep consistent in Ramadan, then after Ramadan it's going to be even more difficult. Yeah, you know, Subhanallah. Yeah. So, which comes to kind of advice now, especially for people who may be going through their first Ramadan. Mm. You know, they may not be necessarily um, new Muslims, but even sometimes people just began practicing. Mm. You know, anyone going through the um, first Ramadan Or they're struggling With their fasts mm. Any golden advice Any advice Inshallah I'm not sure if it's golden But I mean I mean, <laughs> I can advise um, I would say You know that You know Obviously when we're talking About fasting mm. Especially with non-Muslims The first thing That they're going to mention Is that you can't eat a drink Yes okay. <laughs> Which is Yeah is of course It's plainly clear We don't eat and drink During the day No That's, that's, what, that's what Fasting is about But that's not the objective. Mm-hmm. I mean, the non-Muslim may see fasting objectives that you know you're not eating and drinking. Yeah. But for us as Muslims, that's not the objective. That's just a means. Of course. And I think if we can put it in that kind of framework that not eating and drinking um, is a means for you to break kind of your attachment to these this worldly life that we're living in, mm-hmm. and that the purpose of fasting. Is what Allah As he told us in the Quran yeah. So that you can attain consciousness mm-hmm. You can attain fear Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Not to lose weight Not <laughs> to feel hungry Not to feel thirsty Even though that may occur You may feel hungry yeah. You may feel thirsty yeah. But this is the process For you to go through uh, To gain that closeness To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And once you've finished one day And I know uh, Especially in the You know the spring or even summer months when the days are particularly long. Yeah. You know, the Prophet Elisasan told us that the fasting person has two times of happiness when they fast. Mm-hmm. And probably what comes to and what will have the impact on the person who's fasting for their first Ramadan mm. is that when you break your fast, that first sip of water and you can feel it go down into your it's such a blessing yeah. to feel that. And it's it is it's a real achievement. And it is. Yeah. It is. So what I would say is that preparing yourself for this Ramadan is to learn about why we're fasting, mm-hmm. the purpose behind 
fasting like if you want to use terms like the inner dimensions of fasting i'm sure there's a lecture on that the, the inner dimensions of fasting and if somebody hasn't maybe you can have this as a title <laughs> yeah so, but don't just strip it down just to oh i'm fasting i don't eat a drink and that's it yeah no, this is just a means for you mm-hmm. and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not overburden us with anything that we can't tolerate there may be some difficulty but the greater difficulty the greater reward mm-hmm. so um, take things uh, in this way educate yourself about what it's all about yeah. and don't just relegate it to just a physical exercise because it's more, it's more than that 100% yeah so I think if you take this approach and then uh, prepare and educate yourself correctly then it will be an enjoyable experience as opposed to being something which is that you don't enjoy yeah yeah mm. and, and it's true it's, it's that element of re- kind of re- removing this just physical action mm. Where I'm just I'm not eating and I'm not drinking, mm. and you know that's it. Yeah. And then you're looking forward to eating and drinking later on, mm-hmm. and becomes like that constant cycle throughout the whole month. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That, that's not to say that you don't have to prepare what you're going to break your fast with. Yeah, something you like, whether it's <laughs> whether it's samosas or dates or <laughs> whatever you want to break your fast with, you can plan for that. Yeah, no problem. I mean, yeah. you can enjoy your food, no problem. Of course, but. Uh, again, this is this is part of the deal you have. Yeah, that the the professor said, leave, make the fast not any longer than it has to be. Mm-hmm. So just before the adhan of fajr, you can be eating and drinking, mm-hmm. and then soon as the adhan from maghrib goes, start eating and drinking. So there's blessings in that, and you'll be in a good state if you do that. So don't make it any longer. Yeah, yeah. make it. This is the very smallest time that the fast is going to be. But when you do it, that you do it properly. Yeah, definitely. No. And there's blessings in that, mm. Sheikh. Jazakallah khair Barakallah fiqh It's been an absolute pleasure Jazakallah khair To have you here And to go through this And to hear from your life experiences Barakallah Especially and as it relates to Ramadan You mm-hmm. know Alhamdulillah mm-hmm. I ask Allah to reward you And uh, ask Allah to make uh, Ramadan A blessing for you and your family Jazakallah khair Thanks again for being here with us Thank you So that concludes Inshallah This Beyond the Mimbar podcast We ask Allah to bless people that watched and inshallah you benefited as well as us jazakumullah khair um remember inshallah ta'ala if you enjoyed the video make sure to like comment subscribe so that when other videos come out you'll be notified especially by clicking the bell and getting the notification subhanakallahum bihamdik ashadu la ilaha ila ant astaghfirullah wa atubu ilaik assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh